Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. This time, the word really helps us to live our relationships in a more beautiful and precious way. And uh, I pray that uh, you find yourself inspired to take a step forward in your Christian life, allowing, indeed, humility to become the environment, the, the place, the humus where your growth in the kingdom and the growth of the kingdom in you may happen. Uh, before we go with the prayer, I would like you. I would like to thank all the people who sent me messages, especially via Facebook, encouraging me to continue to do this. I really appreciate your support and know that you are in my prayers. And therefore, we begin by placing ourselves before the Lord who reveals His love to us through His Word, and we pray. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man and then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Brother, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the, the esteem of your companions at table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. So we take another step, and uh, um, as a Christian, now, we have to understand that even though the gospel passages, the scriptures, are given to us as episodes, right, in, in smaller portions, 
in the book, they're really considered as a unit. So let's remember what St. Luke has been doing so that we can understand what, is, what the message is, hopefully a little bit more clearly. If you remember, not too long ago, we started on meditating on that wonderful phrase that Jesus said, Where, wherever your treasure is, there is your heart. Okay? So we start with something good, something valuable. And Jesus told us in that very Sunday, for I believe four weeks ago, the 19th, um, that the treasure is the fact, it's found in the fact that God is pleased to give us his kingdom. And therefore, the kingdom is the place where his presence, his action is felt more concretely, more readily for us. So that is the treasure that we have. God is making his presence in our lives more felt, and he wants to act on, uh, on, in our lives, in our stories, in our history. So now, what happens that the kingdom of God, we learn, comes to us always mediated, always through something else. And this something else is our neighbor. This something else, the neighbor, is the means through which we can experience this kingdom of God coming to us. And therefore, we have to start looking at each other in a very different way. We have to look at each other in the way that God sees us. Now, what, else, what happened? Last Sunday, we meditated. We heard Jesus say, strive to enter through the narrow gate. So this gate is obviously it's the symbol of going through something that is difficult to go through, and it's something that we all have to do. And sometimes life has a way to make that gate narrower than already is, right? Sometimes it's very difficult to be Christians in this world, and therefore we feel that the path is really not comfortably um, available to us. So what do we do? Well. When I encounter that narrow gate, I'm trying to squeeze as much as I can. You know, I'm trying to look way thinner than I am, trying to go sideways. I, I wanted to go through, and sometimes it's tough. As I was visualizing that passage, I realized, according, also inspired by something that uh, St. Pope John Paul II said, we, it, there is a way of going through that narrow gate that works for everybody. Now, in the church for the third millennium, so, uh, John Paul II said that we ought to be, as a church, the home and school of communion. In other words, we become saints together. What does it mean? Well, first of all, let me tell you one thing. Usually, the Holy Spirit in the history of Christianity always goes against what the world is doing. For example, in the Middle Ages, when all the people were going into the cities, from the fields into the cities, because they were making more money there. And you remember the story of Francis of Assisi or the other uh, saints at that time. So everybody was going in the city, everybody was going for riches to uh, marketplaces, you know, things were developing in a different way. And what the Holy Spirit was doing, it was inviting the monks to establish monasteries where? On top of a mountain. And at that time, when riches was becoming the obsession of everybody in Europe, the charisms and the Holy Spirit inspired 
some to respond with that concept of poverty. How important it is to be detached. And you see, you remember the story of Francis of Assisi, for example, that chose poverty, chose not to have anything. So the word goes in one way, and the Holy Spirit is pulling you on the other side, so that we always want to get balance. What do you think the Holy Spirit is doing for the church in the third millennium? Well, the world is going into a direction where everybody is going to get someone else, okay? We are constantly one against another. There's division. There is the concept of, you know, me better than you and all that stuff. And the Holy Spirit is doing what? Creating communion. It's inspiring people to come together and look at each other as brothers and sisters. There is also the ecumenical movement coming so that churches getting together to one another. Are you following? So always keep in mind what the Holy Spirit is doing and what the world is doing. So we can figure out if things are done in the spirit of the Holy Spirit, no pun intended, or not. So now when we see the narrow gate, when I see myself going to the narrow gate, I see this very simply. Here I am, I'm trying to squeeze in, and there are some people who have already been through that narrow gate. So they are on that side, and they're trying to pull me in. Okay? Because again, we have to do things with one another. We have to understand that we are a body. We are not just individual persons that come here to church, they go to Mass and they go back home. We are a body, and the body works, must work together. What happens to that cell in our body that instead of giving, instead of working with the rest of the body, begins to take and consider itself as independent from the body, becomes cancerous, right? And what do we do? We try to deal with that. We try to take it out. So the mentality of a healthy body is that every part plays their part. And that's what we have to understand. That's our role, even in supporting each other's spirituality, each other's trials and things. I want to believe that when it's time for me to go through a narrow gate that is narrower than the one I can really go through, by myself, you will be there to pull me in, or if you're on the other side, to push me back there. Amen? You seem to be very enthusiastic about this. All right. But the, the understanding is that, so when you are going through this, you need to know that there is a community behind you that supports you with prayers, with whatever it is that we need. This is who we are. Yes? Okay, you're not completely sure. All right, don't worry, it's all right, we're gonna get there. So now, in order to get there, and I understand it's not easy to say yes, but in order to get there, we need to have a virtue that helps us to change our minds, change, help us to see things from the point of view of God. And that's what the Liturgy of the Word today tells us. It focuses on the virtue of humility. And humility is that virtue that fights the sin of pride. You, you remember the seven deadly uh, sin that, that we have, the virtues, they all match. So pride is the general of all sins, okay? Because behind every sin, there is pride. Pride speaks its own language. Pride is easily recognized when we hear people saying, I am better than you because I said so. Or my way is better than yours because I said so. Okay? Uh, it's recognizable. And I'm challenging you to take a look 
at recognizing this with the language of pride. For, on television or even on social media. My favorite one is when people put on, uh, web, on Facebook, for example, something like, uh, if you disagree with me on this point, you, you should befriend me. You should unfriend me. Like, okay, so I'm only friend if we agree on something like, who do you, why don't we do the other way around, right? So the language of pride creates conflict, creates competition, creates a false sense of self. Because pride makes us feel higher, taller, and we take a point of view that is top down, and it inflates the ego. I am bigger than you. I'm more important than you. I am. Just because I said so. You might say, well, wait a moment. I think I'm more important than you. I think I do things better than you. What does humility say? Humility is not when we say, oh, you know, I'm not good, or uh, I don't know what that is, but it's certainly not humility. The word humility comes from, as, as a root word, uh, hummus, not hummus, the lovely, delicious bread that we use. Yeah. No, that's another thing. Hummus is actually the earth, the, the ground, the, the dirt, right? So humility is the virtue that allows us to be grounded with our feet on the ground. So while pride makes us go higher, humility says, dude, come down because I need to talk to you. And what does humility tell us? Said, yeah, that's true. There are certain things that you're good at. But let's be honest. There are certain things that you're not good at. And those have to be, those things that you're not good at have to be part of the equation, have to be part of your life. I have to tell you, there are certain things. Now, we were meditating not too long ago at Delhi Mass on the fact that God has given each one of us on earth at least, at the very least, one talent. Some at five, others at 10, 200. And, um, but each one of us, at the very least, has one. So, praise, thanks be to God, we all have one talent. And so, I can tell you, I have some gifts, I, and there are certain things that come to me very easily. Now, if I only look at those things, I will have a very false sense of who I am. Why? Because on the other side, there are things that I am not really good. For example, Languages come to me very easily. There are certain things like theology, scriptures. I absorb them like nothing. But you know what? I'm terrible, terrible, terrible at math. I'm one of those people who cannot live without the app that calculates the tip. You know, there is nothing more annoying to me than people telling me right there when the guy is waiting for me to get... Oh, you just move, you know, you do 10% and you too move the, 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 like, I don't even know what that means, you know. I count on my fingers, and if it's more, it's more than 10, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm really that bad, I'm really that bad. So I remember in college, you know, I was taking um, philosophy, and I was doing philosophy of science. In that particular case, I was doing physics, and I was, you know, dealing with entangled particles in quantum mechanics, and I was failing college algebra. And my teacher was going, how can it be? I don't know. Uh, you know, those numbers. I don't know. I don't. So, one side, uh, I'm good. The other side, uh. 
Now, I can only be myself, I can only be able to be truly able to grow as a person when I integrate both sides. Now, do you understand what Jesus is saying? If you exalt yourself, if you only put up yourself without considering the rest, you have very, very false sense of who you are, and there can be no growth. But there can be conflict, can be a lot of striving. In fact, in the families, in organizations, even in this country and in the church, the problems we have come from the fact that pride speaks louder than humility. What will happen if we will bring everything back? What will happen if we start looking at each other from the point of view of humility? This will happen. I will start seeing you for who you really are, a gift to me. I am a gift to you, and we are a gift to each other, because that which I'm good, it may be helpful to you, but certainly what I really need help with, you can give it to me, and vice versa. Do, do you get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now imagine this in a family where the spouses, for example, don't have to compete for anything, but without any problem saying, I'm so glad you're in my life because I'm really bad at this, and you're good at it. So now, guess what? The two becomes compatible. They, they can work together. Now imagine instilling this to the children. And then look at what will happen in the workplace, in the town, in the church, in this country. What will happen? It will happen that whatever we, whomever we encounter, whether we agree with that person or not, we can still see that person as able to enrich my life. And therefore, I can enrich that, theirs. And we can therefore lift each other up, and lift each other up, and lift each other up. And you know, when we grow in that way, we can evolve in the kingdom of God as a way of establishing itself in our midst. No? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how the kingdom come. We keep praying that thy kingdom come. And Jesus said, your king, the kingdom of God is already in your midst because it's in you. What do you think is, how do you think it's going to happen? It happens when I start seeing you and you, me, and together we're going to see the world in the very same way that Jesus does. And we will be with our feet firmly on the ground and our heart already in heaven. And we will be able to lift everybody up. This is our mission, and this is what we ought to do. And let's give it a try this week. Recognize the language of, of pride in what, whatever relationship you are in, whatever media, whatever, and put humility in there and see how things can be lifted up. And if you can, if you want, share this experience with me so that we can enrich each other and find out, oh my goodness, the kingdom of God is already present in our lives as we continue to pray. We want to thank the Lord that as a father is inv inviting us to start looking at things in a different way and say, trust me, that kingdom is mine. I know how it works and I'm inviting you to step into it so that you can get all the riches out so that your life can be enriched. And we bring to the altar with humility everything that we struggle with, but hopefully also with our yes being able to continue to do what God invites us to do and be able to see each other for who we truly are.
children of God, who, out of love and faith, are willing to create the family of God and bring the kingdom wherever we go. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I ask you to continue to pray for me and uh, I want you to be assured that I will be praying for you. I'm looking forward to take another step heavenwards next week. And in the meantime, God bless you and remain in his love because God loves you immensely. Bye-bye.